This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Good morning, AT. It is college baseball opening day, so which game are you watching today? <laughs> well, uh... According to my Twitter feed, the UConn Huskies play Louisville today, I believe, in Tampa. So I'll be locked in on that one. Uh, and then, of course, the big Arkansas game. Listen, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I was already looking at flights to, to Omaha and to Hoover, so I didn't get a chance to see who we're playing today exactly. But I'm fired up, ready to go. I saw people are picking us to win the Natty this year, um, and so I'm fired up, fired up. That's How are right. we looking this year? What's the squad looking like? Team's looking really good. Pitching, fielding, hitting, lefties, righties, infielders, outfielders, catchers. They got it all, man. I mean, the foremost uh, the foremost chooser of uh, of all things college baseball has chosen Arkansas to win a national championship in D1 baseball. So we got our rat poison this morning. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I was like, I hope you're not talking about me. I, would, I wouldn't want you to put that hex on me, but I did see that uh, – uh, D1 baseball chose chose the Hogs, and that, that's why, man. Because you know, I saw that they picked them, and um, I guess I shouldn't have asked how the team was, given that, um, as you said, the foremost college baseball experts have have deemed them the favorites going into the season. But uh, yeah, big season ahead. How who else is looking tough in the SEC? I know LSU is, of course, the reigning champs. A and M with Schloss, Florida. I feel like had a pretty good year last year. Who who else is looking tough this year? You got it figured out there, man. LSU, Tennessee, Woo! yeah, A and M will be good. Yeah. Arkansas will be really good. Um, not sure about the Mississippi schools, but we'll find out. Hey, you know what I'm looking forward to? This will happen maybe in like six weeks. the The social media battles that'll be going on when UConn and Purdue match up for a national championship game in the NCAA Ooh. tournament. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been paying attention with you and the Purdue fans with the Zach Eady thing, and we obviously know your love of UConn, so, man, that's going to be fun. And since they're one and two in the polls and playing the most consistent basketball, that we can get this done, right? Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I, I, you know, a couple things. One, I actually had Matt Painter on my radio show last weekend i'm not sure if he's the one that knew that i was the one that started the narrative but i did bring up that narrative and he was not happy uh, about that that narrative going on but two what i will say is listen uh i think one of the most interesting thing is who's number three which i talk about on my podcast today but then also guys it is weird to say but, you know, I did a radio interview in, in Indiana earlier this week, and I really think it's kind of Final Four or bust for Purdue this year. Now, you got it's kind of the same, um, but obviously if something weird happened in the tournament, I think, you know, you can always fall back on last year. But if you're Purdue, after everything that happened last year, you bring your whole team back, you're playing great basketball, you beat everybody in the out of conference, except for Arkansas, ironically enough. I know that was an exhibition game, but... You beat Tennessee, you beat Arizona, you beat Marquette, you beat whoever. It sounds weird to say that a team that has never made the Final Four in the modern era, that it's Final Four or bust, but I kind of feel like it is, and, and I've said this for years, is I do believe that Matt Painter uh, maybe gets more protection from the media than anyone I've ever seen. I mean, he is literally coming off the two the, the worst two-year run in NCAA tournament history for any coach, which is also concurrent with the worst three-year run 
uh, of any coach in tournament history, losing to a 13 seed, a 15 seed, and a 16 seed last year. Obviously, all as a four, a two, and a, a one seed a year ago. So it's a weird thing, guys, because I really do feel like it sounds crazy to say that it's quote unquote final four bust for a team that's essentially never been there. But I really kind of feel like it is for these Boilermakers this season. Hey, Aaron, we, we know how good Auburn is at home. Uh, you, you got a, you got a Kentucky team going into Auburn. Uh, any, any chance this Kentucky team figures it out and, and, and finds a way to get a victory this weekend at Auburn? It's tough, guys, because also Kentucky, they beat Ole Miss the other night. But what's also worth noting is their best kind of veteran forward is uh, Trey Mitchell, who, um, who actually left the game with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Now, it doesn't appear to be anything major, but just based on, like, season ending when I say major, but based on um, based on the reports, I, I would find it shocking if he played this weekend. And even if he does, he would be nowhere close to 100%. And so you look at a situation where Auburn, kind of older, physical, tough, they're at home. You know, I said this the other day. Phil, you'll appreciate this. Uh, I said this the other day. I, I was on Birmingham Radio, and they asked me, and I said, you know, I feel like Bruce Pearl has almost built that team to that arena like you would a baseball team. Like you have a short right field porch, so you bring in a bunch of lefty pull hitters, et cetera. You look at Auburn, they're tough, they're mean, they're physical, and that's a kind of a mean place to go play. And so, listen, I, I haven't completely given up on Kentucky yet. It is worth noting that they've essentially been banged up all season long, but I just think that's a really tough place for a really young team to go, especially without a key veteran forward on the roster. I mean, Auburn just showed you how good they can be, you know, to, to, I mean, South Carolina has been the most consistent defensive team in the country and yet Auburn put up, what was it? Half a hundred against them in the first half. And that game was over pretty quickly. I didn't, I mean, it's not like I saw South Carolina coming this year, but with their body of work, I did not see what happened at Auburn arena uh, happening either, but I guess they're pretty much unbeatable at home. Just like you said. Only SEC team that hasn't lost at all at home this year. Uh, even Alabama and the out-of-conference took losses. Obviously, Kentucky has taken a few. Tennessee, ironically enough, lost to South Carolina. Um, so I think there's only about five or six teams that have yet to lose a home game, whether it's in-conference or out-of-conference, and Auburn is the only one in the SEC. It, it, it's, I've never been personally, but the people who, who have been, and I don't know if either of you guys may have been, they tell me it's, it's as tough of a place to play when it's rocking for a big game as anywhere, and obviously with game day being there tomorrow and everything, it will indeed be rocking. Is there a team you trust the most in the SEC to go win on the road, Aaron? We, we know how tough it is to, to, to win on the road, but in tournament time, out of the, is it Tennessee? Is it Alabama? Who do you kind of have the most faith in in the SEC right now? Yeah, I'd probably still say Tennessee. Um, I, I, I know they got beat pretty bad at Texas A&M last week, but I think as we led the segment with, Outside of Purdue and UConn, I think just about anybody can lose on any given night. And even like UConn, you know, listen, I, I follow them closely. I mean, the toughest games on their schedule are still ahead. Two games against Marquette, um, at Creighton, at Providence, et cetera, et cetera. So I bring it up because I, I don't take one bad road game as some sign of, of disaster looming or anything like that. And Tennessee, you know, as, as I've told you guys for years, teams that, in my opinion – that can win high-scoring games, can win low-scoring games, can win with offense, can win with defense. Those are the ones that are really best suited for March. And I do believe that Tennessee fits that bill. Um, and so we'll see. You know, Alabama, I think, honestly, and I, I know there was a lot of criticism of Nate Oates around this time last year, but I think Alabama's actually overachieved last year. I don't think their guards are as good as last year. I don't think their 
Uh, big guys are as good as last year. Their three-point shooting statistically isn't as good as last year. So for them to be uh, alone in, in first place in the SEC right now, I don't know if that'll last, but I still think it, I think he's doing about as good of a job as you could ask uh, with that team, and I think they're actually overachieving a little bit at this point. Maybe with all of this is, that happened, that's happened throughout this basketball season, and, and maybe it's because we're so close to it here, you know, covering Arkansas. Uh, the most surprising thing is how now Arkansas basketball is sort of like a footnote in the rest of the season. Just they're the team that you know that, that another team is able to pad their resume against, and I just it's not fun to watch right now, Aaron. I don't look to me. It doesn't look like it's fun to play, fun to coach. Uh, fans are not showing up, and man, um, I did. I I did. I, I don't know if I thought this would be like a great season once we got through the first month, but I, I didn't think it would spiral like this. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was there. What? What was it? The last week of November, first week of December. So we're talking ten weeks ago. I mean, I'm not talking. You know, I wasn't there in you know four years ago. I mean, I was there ten weeks ago, and it was one of the great the great home court atmospheres that I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been disappointing, and you know the, the 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 crazy thing is there's been just moments where you see a glimmer, and sometimes it's not even a full game. Um, sometimes it's a half, sometimes it's half of a half, whatever. But they just can't put it together consistently. And listen, you know, obviously there's a lot of speculation on what's going to happen after the season. Um, you know, I do think there's obviously a lot of lessons to be learned from this particular team. Not going to pick on any individual players or or individuals, but. It's clear there are some deficiencies uh, with how the roster was built. It appears from the outside that maybe chemistry uh, certainly appears to be an issue. Um, so it's been disappointing, and it's been disappointing for, for everybody in that building. I mean, even the players. I mean, listen, you go back to uh, the summertime, and you go back to, honestly, that Purdue win in the preseason where you had the players talking about, this is why you come to Arkansas. So it's, so it's obviously not just me that's disappointed obviously i know it's a lot of people as well and i think i would include the players in that as well hey aaron i i want to ask you an nba question i don't know how much you've been keeping up with with uh, the milwaukee bucks and and i thought it was strange when when they they did what they did um do any any hope with the milwaukee bucks going and getting doc rivers i think they're three and seven their last 10 making this making this move in the middle of the year. I guess you're trying to keep Giannis happy and Dame Lillard happy, uh, but do you think they kind of jumped the gun? Do you, do you th- is there any hope that the Bucks could win the, t- win the title this year? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I really don't pay a ton of attention to the NBA during the regular season just with, with college hoops. One thing I will say, though, and I'm not doing this as a weird promotion, but I got there, there's a Giannis documentary coming out on Amazon on uh, Monday, and I want to bring it up because I got a chance to watch it. That guy's story is unbelievable. And I think most people know the story, but like the story behind the story is pretty good. So I can't sit here and lie and say that like I I know what the impact has been. I see what the win loss record has been. But I also, you know, it's kind of goes a little bit to the last question is um, you know, he, a lot of people speculate on his future. I think when you see this documentary, and again, I'm not promoting it because I have nothing to do with it, but uh I think you'll see the relationship that he has with Milwaukee, how important it is that he wins there. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a – that was certainly a move that caught me off guard a few weeks ago for sure. Hey, while we wrap it up here, I want to I want to just go back to something you'd hit on when we started this here. So you had Matt Painter on your podcast, and he doesn't like the narrative of uh, Zach Eady 
getting calls or not getting called for fouls and, you know, the foul discrepancy and all of that. So without really, like, telling us what his reaction was, can you give us a little bit? Because we love conflict, Aaron. Conflict sells. What happened there? Well, I'll tell you. No, no, no. What, it, was my, it was my Fox Sports radio show. It was Saturday night. Obviously, you know, last Saturday was the night before the Super Bowl. But somebody offered them up to us. They obviously had the big Fox game against Indiana. And I said, yeah. And so, you know, bluntly, you know, I don't even know if he knew that I was kind of the guy that maybe started the narrative, which was 100% accurate, by the way. Surprise, surprise. Um, but it was kind of a, a standard interview, guys. And, you know, we got the generic, hey, he's only got 10 minutes. He's doing other media stuff, whatever. So, you know, we started off with a couple softballs, and I kind of knew he was on the way out. And I said, if I don't ask this question, I'm not doing my job. And I'll tell you guys, um, you know, when I sit here and tell you that he gave about a six-minute answer, and, and one thing I will give him credit for, right, that there's a lot of coaches that even the controversial questions they'll duck. Uh, I believe he opened the answer by saying, anyone who believes that doesn't know basketball, and then just went on a six-minute uh, rant about why anyone who believes that is wrong. And listen, he obviously had the facts to back it up. And I did reference specifically the Northwestern game where they were plus 38 in free throw attempts, 46 to eight, I believe was the final total. So he gave, listen, I'll give him credit. He didn't duck the question. He gave a great answer. He feels his way. You know, obviously he had to go. So I, we didn't have time to really get back and forth into it. Uh, and I wouldn't call it conflict. I would say that he's very passionate about his decision or his answer uh, but, yeah, Phil, I'll, I'll send you the uh, podcast there. I think it's somewhere on my Twitter page. I'll send it to you. Uh, it's a good it's a good six, seven-minute listen because he certainly had a lot to say on the topic. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Visit with former Arkansas pitcher, member of the Teague Law Firm, James Teague, who was with us every Friday on Halftime to talk Arkansas baseball. James, happy opening day. How does this make you feel today? I'd feel better if it was about 30 degrees warmer, but it's opening day nonetheless, so I'm excited. It's warm enough, right? I mean, do you really need that much to warm yourself up? Because you got uh, all the uh, all the competitive spirit, the love of the sport, so... How long on a day like? Cause I know you've opened up in cold weather before. How long before you don't feel cold? Once you get into your, your pregame warm up and your bullpen, you're fine. Really, the cold is the problem for the bullpen guys more than the starter because the starter can can ease his way into it as long as he stays warm during the dugout. Uh, in between innings, he's fine. But as a bullpen guy, if you're sitting down there for you know three, four, five, eight innings, and then you get the call, "Hey, get hot," and you're over there. Frozen, well, that's where it gets tough. 
Were, were you a guy, James, that uh, were, were you kind of a hype guy or were you kind of a cool cucumber guy? And then who, who was some somebody on your baseball team that was kind of the hype guy? I tried a couple different approaches, and then sometimes I get too hyped and I get a little out of control. <laughs> I thought, okay, maybe I need to be the cool collected guy, but then I'd come in a little flat. So I was kind of in between. You know, some guys you see them, they're doing like smelling salt mm-hmm. and they're getting slapped around and they're, you know, huffing whatever they got, you know, their secret concoction. But I think for most guys, that's maybe a little bit of show. It's just a matter of, but if it helps them throw good, then, you know, so be it. And and then at some point it just turns into routines because that's what I think that's what sports are about professional college sports developing routines and you know I mean you try to do that for these last few weeks that's why you're scrimmaging every Friday and Saturday and 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 most Sundays uh, you know that's why you've tried to you know probably wake up at the same time report to the ballpark at the same time but it's like we say well scrimmages are one thing but it doesn't ma- it doesn't feel the same as when it's a game is developing the rhythm of the season difficult at all or is it something you could just kind of slide right into it, it, is, it is difficult and as a quick story so in 2015 I, I got the opportunity to start opening day and my scrimmages after that I was thrown amazing I had a lot of feel hardly any walks, breaking ball was good, and, you know, got to the game, and it's just a different feel. You know, I went out there, didn't have the same feel, didn't have a good start, walked some guys, gave up some hits, didn't have my best stuff, and uh, lost that spot just from that one day. And so I think a lot of guys, you know, going into it, now, okay, it's going to be different. It's going to be more challenging, but that doesn't mean that, it, you know, you have to psych yourself out or get stressed out about it, but just know, okay, it's going to feel a little different, but I've prepared, I can handle it, let's go. One thing that David mentioned recently, and and I had I don't know if I'd thought about it in these terms, is it's been a long time since there wasn't a TBA for a weekend rotation. Um, heck, mm-hmm. I mean, you got a four game series, and we know who the starting pitcher is for every one of them. You know, now the going the going idea here is is all things being equal, and 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 the guys pitching the way that I think they're expected to. You'll have the same weekend rotation for every weekend this season. I know a lot of teams would love to say that they can do that, but there is a feeling that this team, you know, kind of has exactly that kind of rotation. What does that do to the feeling of stability for a baseball team when you you know who your starters are and you you trust in what they can do? Yeah, it, it helps a lot, and especially in that long relief area because if you're a long relief guy you go into the weekend thinking, okay, if our starter gets in trouble, I'm going to have to come in for extended relief, maybe on a Friday, but then I may have to bounce back on a Sunday, or I may have to start on a Sunday if I don't get used in a long relief. And so there's just a lot of variables. But I think when you've got your list of guys, it's just then the bull, it takes some load off the bullpen to say, okay, I'm a, I'm a kind of a closer, or I'm a late-inning guy, or I'm this rule. Everyone kind of knows their spots, and you can mentally kind of prepare for those spots. Now, granted – a guy may go out and not have his best stuff, and then someone's got to come in, and those plans change. But you're right, it's been a long time since we've had you know, a solid set of starters that are healthy that we can throw out there. And as long as they go out there and do their job and give us some depth, then the bullpen is really going to be set up to succeed. How important is it to, to, to get off to a good start early in these first four games? What, what, was you, what were you always trying to accomplish in, in, this, in opening weekend? So I think so. I don't think that I don't think it's super important, really, as far as how you play or what the score is and all that. I mean, yeah, you don't want to go out there and lose and hurt your record, but ultimately, it's just about kind of breaking the steel, getting those nerves out of the way, 
feeling what it feels like to go from the hype of a scrimmage to the hype of a game and, you know, just connecting what you need to do in order to make the transition into that new echelon of we have fans, these games matter, and, you know, the, the stakes are a lot higher. And once you kind of overcome that hurdle, which hopefully you do pretty quick, you can kind of just check that box. Okay, now we can go play. Did you did you guys ever feel the expectations of the fan base? You know, what I mean, so it's 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 been what I mean. It's been like nine years, I think, since you pitched at Arkansas. Social media was around then. Maybe it's not quite as hyped up uh, then as it is now. Maybe it was, but did you ever feel those expectations from the state, from fan bases, or was it just a matter of you know how you guys viewed yourself, how the coaches viewed you guys, and kept it sort of um, inward instead of outward? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel it. <laughs> but I would tell people, though, look, if you if you want the glory, you know, you want to come play at a big school and people know your name and get all that, then there's two sides to that coin. So you kind of get what you sign up for. Um, but there were definitely times, you know, where you hear the grumbles or, you know, you're not throwing as many strikes. Or there was a forum uh, online. I don't remember the forum's name, but it was, it was kind of just where players would get roasted, you know. you so it was an ongoing joke. If you had a bad game, just don't go to it because you knew that it was going to be uh, about the worst things you could read about yourself. So you had to you had to ignore a lot of that. And you know, for me, I think when you're in the game, you can see, okay, I suck today. It doesn't mean I suck forever. You know, or I'm a bad player. I don't deserve to be here. I just need to figure out what I need to do to get better. And I think sometimes the fans are a little bit short sighted and they lose sight of that. But ultimately it's up to the player to know that and then just to make the adjustments to get better. I've wondered a little about, uh, you know, like a young player. I don't know how many of the, like, uh, freshman position players will get a chance this weekend, but some of the pitchers probably will. Um, You know, I mean, there's is is there pressure to just get out there and and, and throw strikes? Because, I mean, you've seen it too with – with Dave and and it's not a knock on Dave because it's obviously work but you know a a kid that goes out early in the season and doesn't throw strikes it it may be a while before he gets back out there on the mound in a game and they probably know that yeah for sure most important thing is throwing strikes early on if you get hit you know get hit around you can make adjustments okay was it a wrong location or was it wrong pitch selection I still maybe executed close to but if you're the guy who goes out there and you're too amped and you, you know, we've all seen it, I've done it, you know, you spike one in the dirt and then you try to make an adjustment and then it's high and arm side and then you're then the crowd murmurs and then the next one's outside. Now it's three and oh, and you're thinking, okay, throw a strike, throw a strike. And then you walk him and then it can tumble on you. If you don't, if you're not careful, once you get out there and you start moving too quickly, I think that's what happens. You know, a lot of the young guys is they just, they, they want to throw strikes so bad. They're either aiming or they're too excited you're way better off coming in and pumping the zone. If you give up a few hits, making the adjustment from there. Yeah. Hits are better than walks anytime, any, any, any time at all. Um, well, how do you, all right. When you come here to the ballpark, where, where do you sit? Do you eat? Do you, you know, are you, do you watch the game intently? Do you socialize a little bit? You know, when you're in the dugout, you got to be focused in on the game, you know, helping your teammates out with certain situations out in the bullpen. You're waiting for your name to be called as a fan. What's it like for you when you come to games here? So I was lucky. My wife had a connection with the box with her work. So I got to sit up in the box and, you know, have the box live with the food and all that. But, uh, Sometimes I'll go down the concourse and watch the game because I really like to watch the pitch-by-pitch part of the game, you know, okay, where I can be close. Okay, that was a breaking ball. He spun off of it a little bit. What's he going to do here? Okay, this is a hitter's count. How's he going to attack this guy? 
okay, this guy got hit up the middle last time. How's he? I like the the interplay of the game a lot. Sometimes it's kind of hard to track up in the box. So I, I like to be close and personal and really watch that part of the game. Has really never left me. All right. So where where are you in preparation for tomorrow's ceremonial first pitch? And how many times so, have you thrown it to the backstop already? So Phil, I got to be honest. I, I was going to go to the only. I don't have a baseball at my house. I literally don't have a baseball. So I got to go to Walmart today, and I got to put up some sort of net <laughs> or some sort of fence, and I got to make a few practice throws. None of my buddies are available for catch, but um, you know, it's just I, I can't go out there cold, but I can't over prepare, you know, because it's just a little lob. So I'm, I'm trying to walk the line between. You know, don't over-prepare, but don't show up and throw into the backstop. That's amazing, dude. Well, you'll do great. Um, what do you want to talk about as far as your current profession, the law? Well, I think for today, baseball is a little more exciting than the law, but as far as the law goes, uh, a lot of times at the start of the year, you know, it's the fresh year, people have, you know, resolutions, this or that, and it's a good time, I think, to get your estate in order and to look at, you know, what am I doing with my assets? Do I have a will? Do I have a guardian? Do I have someone that can take care of my kids? If something happened to me? And so I think at the beginning of the year, we have a lot of people kind of say, man, I was thinking about this. I was with my family and I don't have a plan. Well, here, you know, we can help you develop that plan. We don't do a lot of complex trust work, but uh, really the basics as far as getting a will started, making sure your kids are taken care of if something happens to you, it's something that we do a lot of. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Cody, what's going on today and happy opening day. Hey, Uncle Phil, T-Bone, how you guys doing? Well, I'm so glad to hear from my nephew today. Thank you, Cody, for calling. It makes me feel good. <laughs> Absolutely. Phil, you got me fired up, buddy. I got my old Del Murphy mitt out. I got, I'm going to put some old minkle on her tonight. Uh, my girls, they play softball, so we'll be making memories, man, playing catch and stuff out there. Hey, I had uh, a really Dale Murphy mitt, too. That. I had a Dale Murphy mitt, too. You and I must be around the same age. Phil, we've got to be, but we've got to be brothers, man. We've got to be. I thought uh, I was I your uncle. We can't we be are. brothers, uncles, and nephews all at the same time. Let's keep things straight. Phil, in blue ball... Anything goes, buddy, so it's perfectly fine, man. Wouldn't go into that direction, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I had some some music uh, movies for you guys. I know you're talking about that. Uh, I had thought of uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course. Great one. Uh, School School of Rock with uh, Jack Black. Uh, That one, too. Let's see. Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny with Jack Black, Kyle Gass, and Tim Robbins, again, High Fidelity, same movie uh, with him and Tim Robbins. Have you guys seen that? I know. that I've, I've heard the band. I've not, I've not seen that movie, though. Okay. Uh, for my boy, Matt Jones, uh, I got Cry Baby on there, buddy. My, our boy, Johnny Depp, I got Cry Baby on there. That's actually, that's an entertaining one. I like that one. Okay. 
And my last one is uh, Tom Cruise, Rock of Ages, where he does his own stunts and his own singing. Have you guys seen Rock of Ages? Have you seen Johnny Depp in the Demon Barber of Fleet Street? Oh, absolutely. There hey, T-Bone, in my closet, in my Mojo Dojo Batcave, I have one in my house. I have a cardboard cutout of Captain Jack Sparrow, a Willy Wonka poster. I've got the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I've got my Kenny Powers bobblehead dolls in there, man. Uh, one of these days, guys, we're going to meet, and I'll, I'll show you some, some really cool stuff. But uh, also feel my walk. Uh, I wanted to give you my walk up song real quick. It would definitely be Nelly, batter up. That would be my walk up song, buddy. I know Nelly loves his baseball. Being a uh, being a guy from St. Louis, Cody, it's good to hear from you, uh, nephew Cody. Now, now I know how. Now I know where my uh, family tree looks like, and it's just one branch. Charlie is next on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. What's up, Charlie? How are you? Well, Phil, I'm gonna try to add to that branch. I'm a, I'm, you're more like a brother to me, though. Like you're like the older brother that, you know, we can talk, and you probably kicked my butt back in the day because I was like younger than you. Same with Matt because he's six foot six, uh, two hundred thirty plus pounds. So you guys, y'all are like bros to me. Same with C Unit. Uh, so that's that's what we'll do here. That's what I'll say. We're brothers. I but, uh, I'm, I'm good with that, Charlie. What's going on? Well, uh, you know, I was listening, man. I, that story on Hagen Smith, uh, really interesting there on uh, Razorbacks Plus. I was listening uh, to what they were talking about and the fact that he's gotten stronger. Uh, and, I, you know, people always talk about during the season, like, a pitcher's got to add this, a pitcher's got to add that. Well, I've always said it's really hard to do during the season, but they've talked about, you know, him adding uh, somewhat of a changeup. I know you've probably heard that. But being more consistent with that and adding an extra pitch, how much, you know, for me, Hagan's already, like, borderline right there at least. I mean, I think he's he's right there. Um, for you, Phil, what is it going to take this year for him to take that step and you say, you know what, this guy's a can't-miss prospect at the next level uh, if that were to happen. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. But what do you think he needs to do to kind of take that next step? And uh, I'm so excited for opening day. It's awesome. Can't wait. And I'll be listening to you guys and enjoying it. Y'all have a good one. Have a Thanks, good week Charlie. Too. Look, I think Hagen's always had dominant stuff, but it does sound like he's gotten bigger, faster, stronger. He's throwing harder, and he's added that splitter. Uh, dominance is an interesting word. I don't know if I'd say Hagen's ever been dominant. And to me, dominance is uh, being able to mow through a lineup and make not making it look easy, but making – uh, just just get string, strings of outs is what it is. And I think he can string those together without having to go six, seven pitches deep on a routine basis. Like That's the difference between a guy who will pitch on Sundays and gets taken out of the rotation because he doesn't throw enough strikes and doesn't give innings that you need for a Friday starter. Hagen has the stuff and the athleticism, too, and that's the thing that stands out about him is that athleticism. Not all pitchers are athletic like he is. Um, you need six to seven innings from him. Not today. I mean, that's not what you're looking for today. Just want him to go out there and show that he'll be a little bit. The, the word is efficiency. And uh, and it's odd, Matt, because I don't know if, if people usually put the term dominance with efficiency. Because I think we think strikeouts with dominance. You don't have to get strikeouts. Um, you have to get outs. And you have to get outs. In, in, in strings and the occasional two-pitch out, 
one pitch out is so much is so helpful is so helpful to a team you you show me a team that has pitchers that get outs within three to four pitches on a routine basis and i'm going to show you a team that wins a heck of a lot of baseball games yeah you want to limit the unforced errors errors to to use a a tennis term uh you, you want them to make it's it's kind of like devo's game phil uh devo will play a good game and it, it's not like he's going to score 27 points but he's making the right basketball play you, you want everybody to start getting in the habit of making the right baseball play knowing where to go with the ball um you know, I, I don't know how much time. Like, if you had a runner at third, I know it's situational, Phil. But if you let's say you had, there's no outs, there's a runner at first and third, and, and you get the ball and you're the third baseman, do you try to turn two? Or are you trying to stop that runner from going home? Because my mind goes to take your outs. If you have to give up a run, okay. But you're kind of pressing because sometimes it's not a guaranteed play. You know, where more like if you go to first with it, that's an out. You go try to turn two, whatever. Is it just situational? No, you're absolutely right about that, and you use the word that that is. Baseball is such a situational sport, and I guess maybe all of them are, but um, it's it's about situations, and they run through all those situations and practice moments during the preseason, and then the scrimmages help as well, but that's also what this weekend is about, is starting to develop those habits in certain situations to inning, to score, to situation, and where the ball goes on the field, <laughs> you know, making sure you remember when to pick up your coaches when you're running the bases, all these things, all these, it's the little things, those little things that we hear so much about in sports, yeah, and the word is situational, Matt, there's no doubt about that. that that's the truth, uh, you know, my dad co- was, was a coach, and one of the things he said was take care of the little things and the big things that take care of themselves, and, and you're so right, you, you got to control what you can control, make the proper play, um, you know, read, re- react and read to the situation at hand. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Opening day baseball, Razorback baseball season. Phil Elson is at the at the ballpark, Bomb Stadium. If uh, everybody going up there to check it out. Man, just went outside. It's 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 uh me and C murder for the the rest of the show. We got about an hour left. We we we're it's breaking. It's a golden a little, hour, technically. Uh, you, you, you're right. I went outside just a second ago. It's already dropped 10 degrees from uh, since work started today, Christian. Yeah, the weather's great, man. You just hope the rain holds off. I know it's kind of sprinkling a little bit, or it was when I was out there. Uh, opening day, man, you want the weather to be perfect, but... You know, it's it's still baseball, man. It's will this game be on TV? I guess I should ask Phil. Is is it like an ESPN Plus game? Yeah, or if you've got the ESPN app, 
they usually have every game on there. That's uh that's going to be something. Well, you know, hopefully uh it's it's pretty I mean, you got a bullseye on your back. That that's for sure if if uh the media's are are picking you you guys in the top 5 picking you to 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 win the national title. Uh and that's why you come to Arkansas. That's what we just had James Teague on. He talked about that. Uh you come to the University of Arkansas for for a chance to win the chip. And uh, the, apparently, this team's going to be okay in the in the pitching department, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, the bats have come through. And uh, and it starts, Christian. It's it starts just like basketball, just like football. It starts on the defensive side. If you you got to be able to play defense if you're going to play at this level. I agree on that as well. And what excites me about this team this year is it doesn't seem like there's this huge question mark. I mean, you're always expected to go to Omaha uh, when when you got Dave Van Horn. But this year, it seems like the rotation is solid. They're healthy. That's another thing. You know who your top three guys are. And you don't have to kind of worry about who's that third guy, at least not right now. It seems like they've got an idea on who they want to roll with. So that's always a good sign. And that's a confidence booster for me, you know, just seeing how this season can play out. I mean, it's Pitching is crucial. I mean, hitting is obviously an important part of it, but you get down to the you know the playoffs, the, the NCAA regionals, super regionals. You're not going to be able to put up ten runs a game. You got to have guys that can go out there and shut them down, and that that's still yet to be seen. We know what Hagen Smith and Tiger can do, what they're capable of, and we've got some other arms to go along with them. So let's get this thing going. Yeah, you got it. When it when it gets down to it, it's kind of it's like a March Madness. When when you get into the tournament, you got to be able to win games in different ways. Sometimes you got to outscore them. Sometimes you got to win a two to one game. Uh, I, and I think this team would be all right. All right. Another thing we haven't got into all week uh, used to be one of my favorite times of the year. I still will dig it. I still will check it out. Uh, and it's the NBA All Star Game and festivities that they have going on. Uh, the dunk contest, man, Vince Carter. I mean, even just a couple years ago, yeah. the dunk contest was so legit. Uh, it, it'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see. I think you got Jalen Brown, uh, Yami Yaquez Jr., uh, Jakob Token, uh, Tobin, and uh, Mac McGlung. Now, I think uh, Mac is a G League guy. Uh, I, I don't know why some of these Christian. I would like to see some of these guys uh, that are twenty five and under yeah. uh, compete in the dunk contest. Some of these younger guys don't do. You know, Zion would have been cool. I think LeBron James even years ago. I believe Kobe did the the dunk contest. But that first contract, see some of these athletes give the people what they want. Uh, that that'd be pretty cool. And then the three point contest. Uh, that's going to be something that uh, will, will be very, very interesting. That's still one of my favorite things uh, is the three-point contest. Yeah, those are always fun to watch. And I think Mac McClung won it last year, if I, if I remember right. And the thing I like about the dunk contest, it's not always the star players. It's mm-hmm. some of the guys that you, you, know, you may have heard of, but it's not, hasn't really bust on the scene yet. And sometimes that dunk contest can really elevate them, elevate their, uh, their, their exposure, so to speak. So that's awesome to watch. I know you said Jaime Jaquez is in there. He's a pretty good role player for the Heat. Uh, I didn't realize he was a, a big dunker, but see, that's just goes to show you, you know. You watch these competitions, you get to see what these guys really are uh, capable of that you may not get to see in a normal NBA game. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown's the only one that signed a second contract uh, out of this group. Uh, the skills competition is so cool as well. I, I'm a big Tyrese Maxey fan. He's at Philadelphia. 
Uh, I like his game going forward. Uh, I think he would be a guy that if I'm the the Los Angeles Lay, if I'm a guy, I don't know if uh, how easily dealt that, that Philly's going to deal him. Uh, but man, that's a guy I'd be calling about trying to find out uh, because man, his future's bright uh, for the next ten years. Uh, in the three point contest, Christian, my my guy, the the guy I've I've, I've liked since he's come out of Weber State. Uh, is Damian Lillard. Yeah. I do not know. I mean, I didn't think it was a good move to fire their coach when they did, but then you said, well, we're bringing in Doc Rivers. So you're like, okay, we'll, we'll give it a shot because that's what it is. I don't know that they got better. Maybe maybe they need this all-star break more than anybody. Yeah. Uh, because Doc's, Doc's a proven coach, but it's I've never seen, and, and this is, you know, I'm 41 years old. Well, I'll be 41 in April, but I have never seen in the NBA, Christian, Teams go out and make a move forty games into the season, and they actually win the title. It does. It just doesn't happen when you make right. a big splash around whatever. That team never really. Now you can go get a role player. No, no, you can do that. Even when LeBron James went to the Miami Heat that first year, they 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 didn't win nope. the title. Nope. My Mavs had something to say about it, but you're, you're right. I I have some thoughts on this Milwaukee Bucks thing. I mean, you're 30, 30 and 13, you fire your coach. Now that could have been for a no, numerous reasons. Obviously it wasn't because they weren't winning games. Uh, it's, it's gotta be something personal. And then you bring in Doc Rivers. Look, Doc Rivers is a pretty good coach, but his heydays were with the Celtics. He had like four all-stars on his team. Uh, three of those are probably a lock for the hall of fame. And, you know, I mean, you, you you just think about what he did at Boston. I mean, he got a title out of it, but, you know, coming to Milwaukee, he looked like he was in a good situation. You've got Giannis on it, Akumbo, and for whatever reason, his first 15, 10, 15 games, they've looked just average, and uh, they've got time to figure it out before the playoffs come, but... Man, they would they lose to the Grizzlies last night, and they were uh, that's like a G League team almost. Yeah, it, they're not very good. Is uh, uh, is your boy Ja Morant? Is he playing for the Grizzlies right now? He is not. He didn't even play last night. And a lot of those uh, players for the Grizzlies, you know, you haven't really heard of them. I mean, Ja Morant's the the guy on that team, and for whatever reasons, the Bucks. Man, they've got all their guys. They've got Brooke Lopez, Damian Lillard, and Giannis, and they're not able to figure it out right now they don't look like a championship team that's for sure no it's it's going to be fun though i I do like the all-star game this is about when uh the nba really gets spring is just around the corner really gets serious um we're uh we're figuring it out okay yeah yeah you got boston celtics right now they're 43 and 12 the cleveland cavaliers are 36 and 17 christian in their last 20 games they're 18 and 2 um, that's the best record going into the all-star break since the 1964-65 Celtics, Boston Celtics that were 19 and one and their, their, their last 20 going into the all-star break. And they won, uh, they won the NBA title that year. I don't know. Is Cleveland, are they a, cha- are they a sneaky team that's coming you know, up with Milwaukee's going back? I still think Boston's the class to the East, uh, but how, how much are you buying any stock in this Cleveland Cavalier team? You know, they're playing really good basketball right now. They've got Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, and after that, I mean, they've got Okoro, and they've got Mobley, and they've got another pretty good piece in there, Karis LeVert. You know, they could be one of those teams where you get you get them in the playoffs and nobody wants to play them, but 
until uh, until they do something in the playoffs, I don't think anybody's going to really you know expect them to make a title run. It's kind of like my Mavericks. I mean, they've got you know they got Daniel Gafford and they got PJ Washington, but it's like okay, let's see what you do from here. Cavaliers, they have been hard to beat this year, and you think you would think they're going to cool off at some point, but man, Donovan Mitchell is a great player. He uh, was great on the Jazz. It didn't work out there with him, but he it seems to have found a, his niche and a good role with the Cavaliers. So I wouldn't mind seeing the Cavaliers uh, shock some people this year in the playoffs. I, I think they might be this year's team, uh, a version of Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Uh, the, their last year, Sac- Sacramento kind of came splash on. Uh, you you knew that they weren't really kind of maybe like the Detroit Lions in football. You really didn't think the Detroit Lions were going to win it all this no. year. Uh, maybe next year could be a sleeper pick. I do see one Arkansas Razorback um See money that's in the All Star festivities, and that is your boy uh, for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Jalen Williams. Is, okay. is that right? Is he the is he the kid that? Nope, sorry, that's the other Jalen. Uh, so there's no Arkansas Razorbacks participating in the NBA All Star game. Okay, you know I think it's 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 crazy that Isaiah Joe still isn't on a three point contest. I know last year Ty was mad that uh. Isaiah Joe didn't make the three-point contest, and he was, like, leading the league in three-point percentage. Uh, this year, I'm not exactly sure what his percentages are, but I know he is a lethal three-point shooter. But you're right, Matt. Nobody nobody from the Razorbacks uh, are on the NBA you, All-Star uh, team. got a phone caller, and if uh, you want to do like Brian did, please call us, 877-377-6963. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? Hey, not much, Matt. How you doing today? I got a question about the basketball team. Okay, is on the scholarships for the basketball kids and the NIL deal, is that a year to year deal deal or is that just set for four years or does that change every year? You know, they're not as transparent as I would like for them to be. Uh, you know, they, they go out there and they ask for money and then they don't tell you what they're doing with it. So that's that's all that's always a, a, a weird thing. My understanding is it's a ten ninety nine uh, everything's a one-year deal, so and, and then it's re, it's renegotiated. But it, but I could be wrong. I, I'm not privy to the to the information. I don't think a lot of people are. I think that's kind of the letdown. Is well, these are the players you went and got. It, well, then it's like, well, how much for the good players? You know, because we're spending money right. and then we don't even have SEC talent on our team. Right. So my comment on that is, you know, every one of these guys on that team should be let go because they're not worth ten dollars nil deal. They're horrible, and they should be lucky they're not playing the the Iowa girls team because Catalan is a better basketball player than any kid on that men's basketball team. The Iowa girls would destroy Arkansas's basketball team. So that's all I got to say. That's how bad I think Arkansas Razorbacks are this year. And you guys have a great weekend. Well, I I don't know if the – you know, I do like Caitlin Clark – you know, Christian, I'll go to this. So the, the women's soccer team, uh, world-class, gold medal, uh, World Cup winners, wh- whatever, the, 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 the American soccer team is, is amazing. They scrimmaged the 15-year-old boys team, and they, they didn't. There's, that's the whole thing about the transgender. You, you have guys playing girls' sport. It's not fair. We, we already know that uh, it's, it's not. there's no way uh, that, that a girls' team – 
could could beat this Arkansas Razorbacks team. Yeah, people like to get caught up in, you know, when Caitlin Clarkson, an outstanding player, and she could probably beat most women, but if you put her in the NBA, it's a whole different <laughs> I mean, if you put her in college in men's college basketball, you think her production is going to be what it is and I mean, I, I wouldn't think so. I, I know she's obviously a great scorer. She can pull up from anywhere. But there's a lot more to basketball than just being a great shooter. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. We, we, you got to be a little more physical. Um, whoever evaluated this talent and, and went out and got them, uh, they, they missed. That's just, that's just all it is. We, we are this basketball team. This is the least athletic basketball team coach Musselman's had up there. And so the, the, the question is, well, was this your first choice of guys you went and got in the portal or was this what you had to get? Because this is what was there. You know, who, who did you really target? Because this, the guys they got, this couldn't have been your first target. This, this couldn't have been the guys that he thought, oh, we're going to go win with these guys. It's almost like these are what we had to get left or we didn't have enough money to pay the good players. And so you're, and, and there is value in, in getting players uh, that you, you don't have to spend as much money for. Uh, but we, we're smaller everywhere. We're, we're, we're least athletic. Uh, we're, we're shorter. Uh, they, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those deals this year where we're not very good. Yeah, I mean that's all all you can say. I mean, now we know how Vanderbilt feels. I mean, we sh- we're not Vanderbilt, and we should never have it. We shouldn't have years like this, but uh, it happens. You know, sometimes you miss on some guys, and with the portal the way it is now, with the portal, it's hard to. You got to put your team together pretty fast, and you got to take some risks. I know most one likes to put his team together uh, as soon as possible, and. Sometimes that can be a good thing. You know, you can get all excited and your hopes, get your hopes up. And then you don't really know what these guys are going to do until they start start playing a game and they start playing together. And there's no guarantee that they're ever going to really gel. I mean, until they get out there in games. And for whatever reason, there were times this year where it looked like they uh, they had some potential to get things going, but it just didn't work out. And I know that winning that Purdue exhibition really didn't, uh, help as far as expectations. I mean, it, I know as a, personally, you know, you, you're able to beat a team like Purdue, even though it's an ex- exhibition, hopes go through the roof and they haven't met them this year. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.